Welcome Benjamin. back to Nota Benny. Ben, <laughs> Nota Benny. Uh, Nota Benny. This That's is you. Ben, this is me. I'm Benjamin Godsell calling in from New York City, and we have co-host Nate Freeman live from London Town. What is cracking over on the other side of the pond, Nate Freeman? There is so much going on in London. It is astounding. It's kind of overwhelming. It is quite good to be back in the swing of the art world once again, fully. I mean, like, this is like Basel on steroids, dude. It is, there's so much more going on than there was in that little dinky Swiss town. Well, yeah, because you have actual real, uh, you know, some of the best full-time galleries in the world are based there. So in addition to the fair and the museums, you have all the gallery openings and attendant exhibitions, I would guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is just an entire constellation of things to do, and I've done just a fraction of them, and I'm exhausted. So uh, there's a lot <laughs> going on. And Yeah. You look okay. Uh, you look put together. What is this? What is this um, hip but kind of terrible looking hotel room you're calling me from? I see. Well, there's it's, a it's, for, it's for those the, of you who are just listening and, and don't get the privilege of seeing. There's like an open closet. It's just like it looks like a pipe that that, that clothing is hanged on, but in a in a hip kind of steampunk kind of way. Yeah, it like looks hip, but it's not very efficient, and it's also kind of annoying to have like an open closet. Like cause you have all your shit everywhere, and it's just like thank God I'm not actually spending that much time in the hotel today. I'm here because I'm filing a story. But, you know, generally I've been like running around and not really here in the abode all that much. But still, man, they call them a businessman's hotel for a reason. Look into these mid-market chains, man. You get a nice closet. They'll press your shirt, shine Uh, your shoes. I I, I understand that. I'm a fan of those. You know, this is expensive town. We have a budget to work with. You know, I I need to buy some 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 drinks at Dukes every once in a while. And, you know, if I have an expensive hotel room, that's where the budget is. I get it. Um, What part of town? What what part of town is this hotel in that? I guess you're going to leave. You're going to remain nameless the hotel. You don't want anyone stalking you. It's I mean, no, we have a lot of fans here. I'm not going to say what hotel I'm in. I mean, that's just come on. That's asking for it. Uh, Ben, you have no idea the number of people who stopped me. Uh, in the tent yesterday and, and, and told me how much they like the podcast. Uh, a little subject. Well, they should fucking subscribe and leave some comments, bro. You know, they should. They should. There might be but a hat. There might be, is- there might be a special limited edition hat in it for those down the line. I'm just saying. Oh, shit. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, listen, okay. listen, listen. Okay. No, there's no swag okay. yet, but I, I can imagine there being a swag possibility. So you're in London. Are you in? Are you staying in Mayfair? I'm close to Mayfair. I'm kind of near Leicester, Square, Leicester Circle, which is like. Uh, you know, kind of like an annoying part of town. Yeah, it's like that's, a, that's, that's, like not, the, the that's not Mayfair. You're, you're staying in Times Square. Amazing. God bless you. Better I you mean, than me. I had well, to, yeah. It's central, it's, it's I, a, guess, a, it's, I guess. It's a 10-minute walk to Dukes. You know, <laughs> the, so, import, like, the important concerned. stuff. The important stuff. I unfortunately uh, canceled my trip to London at the last minute. Mm-hmm. I really tried to go from. I tried to jump back on the merry-go-round at the same speed I was going around it pre-pandemic, and uh, I, I I failed. I didn't have the training put in. I hadn't been putting in the hours in the gym, and uh, my body was mm-hmm. breaking down. Frankly, a little bit of FOMO. It's the first major. Yeah. Art, it's the first major art fair I probably haven't been to in close to a decade. Um, yeah, I mean. Look, I mean, I don't want to be a dick about it, but there's some cool shit going on here. And I'm not just talking about, like, the, the fancy dinners or cocktails. Like, I've seen some pretty great shows, and I think I'm going to see a few more. Listen, I, you know, one of the main, you know, I, one of the main reasons I did want to be there is that one of my clients very generously supported Anna Kaye's presentation in the Turbine Hall of the mm-hmm. Tate. Did you have a chance to go and see this as of yet? Uh, I did. I actually saw it at the, as soon as the doors swung open on Monday morning. Amazing. 10 a.m. Uh, I was the first person in line. How is it? Tell me about it. Oh, it's been, it's fantastic. It's like 
the turbine hall is an interesting kind of commission, right? Because you have 500 feet to do basically whatever you want. Hyundai puts the bill. You can, you know, just create the, the artwork that you've always wanted to do. Now, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not good. So sometimes you'll have like, uh, you know, uh, team lab or whatever, just like unleash some like, like horrifying participatory, like art bullshit on the tape, yep, you yep. know, and that's terrible. Or you'll have um, our boy Olafer, you know, who, though he seems like a chill motherfucker and like we've seen him DJ and hang, hang the fuck out. I think his artwork sucks and that thing kind of blew. It was like a weather thing, a sun. I don't really care. So it's like, it's a big palette to play with, right? And it's a, well, it's a massive volume because it's not just, it's not just it's yeah. 500 feet long and, you know, probably 300 feet wide. It is three or four stories high in the air. It's a massive volume of space to try and command for any artist. Yeah. And what Annika did was just absolutely ingenious. It's kind of like the best possible, uh, like, of this kind of, like, sort of, like, visually Instagrammy art. Because, like, she really did um, fill the space, one, with her scent. You know, she, she's been, you know, uh, known to, to create olfactory uh, uh, experiences that mm-hmm. are part of her practice. And uh, she did that in, you know, a very uh, <laughs> pungent way. Is, is it, uh, do you really like smell that. you really smell it like it really hits you when you're in the space yeah you do it's it's yeah um i mean the text explains that she sort of was pulling from both the, the history of of the, the the um the tate modern which you know was a more factory but also its surrounding area which is right by the thames uh so it's just sort of the history of of, of, of the the shipping industry in and london a, and also even stink, going back let me to, tell you yeah exactly and the, the 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 works that she made are very much in line with the sort of you know um you know, alien esque. I mean, like the the really Scott alien esque sort of um, like forms that she's been creating, but on a next level. In that they they are they are living, breathing amoeba, mushroom like floaty things. And like perhaps you've seen it on, on Instagram. I'm sure it looks great there. I fucking Instagrammed it, but it's a completely different experience to actually we'll, see it. There. We'll get it's into really, it in a minute because really I actually haven't seen her on Instagram because I no longer have Instagram right now. But we'll get into that later on God in the hour. We'll get it. into that. Actually, we'll, we might as well get into it now. Yes, yeah, so after my Instagram got, got re... <laughs> Fuck you, Zuck. Yeah, uh, Zuck, this motherfucker. Um, after my Instagram got reinstated using... I used <laughs> I used a little a friend of the pod who's a senior a product manager at Facebook, helped me get all the files through. Was up for two or three days, and it disappeared again the same way it did the first time. <clears throat> same guys looking into it. But it is fucking... I feel like my sense of selfhood, especially not being able to be in London during this, has been wrested from me. Um, And it's really annoying. I'm wondering, you know, I know that our pod has been getting a little bit of play on our friend Tucker's little show on the Fox News channel as of late. I wonder if there's a a connection there, if some of his uh, (laughs) mouth-breathing fan base has been somehow, like, flagging my account or something. And it's kind of a bummer because... Wow, uh, maybe. We'll get into this next week, but two by two, an auction, uh, charity auction I'm very involved in is next week, and I would usually use my Instagram to promo it. So in addition to kind of uh, losing the ability to zone out as I'm standing in various lines throughout the day by looking at Instagram, I just can't, it's like, it's it's keeping money out of the pocket of museums and AIDS patients, uh, or AIDS researchers, I should say. We don't like that. Fuck you, Zuck. We don't like that here at Notre Dame. 
Um, uh, well, I might, I might be, be over it. So, so, so anyway, so I haven't, so the FOMO has been a little bit, um, I guess, mitigated because I'm not looking constantly at everyone's stories of the art that's up. Although, right, so, right. And so I didn't see much of Annika's. I saw, you know, obviously the press, pre, the press uh, that they pushed out in the Times and the Guardian and other outlets. It looks fantastic. I think she's an incredible yeah. talent. But that is a challenging space. So I was worried, you know, she's relatively young compared to some of the other artists, at least in her art career, that have, that have approached the space. So I was, um, I was trepidatious to see if she was up to the challenge it appears that she was did you hit the dinner for that afterwards you know what i i did hit the dinner which was very very kind of our good friends at the, at the gladstone galleries and, and 47 canal to uh have me over it was at this restaurant called toklas mm-hmm. as in alice b toklas uh that is owned by amanda sharp and matthew slotover oh um, i didn't i didn't great. catch that connection <laughs> i hope they got yeah, a discount yeah um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's at the, uh, the 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 building on the Strand that's owned by Soho House, where yep, yep. incidentally where the freeze offices are at One Surrey. So it's uh, it's it's definitely in the family, and you know it continues the grand tradition of of um, you know institutions in London having great restaurants attached to them, like the ICA and um, our well, friend Margot Henderson's the, restaurant. No, the Rochelle Canteen at the ICA is no longer in operation, sadly enough. To go to Rochelle's Canteen, you got to go out east oh. to, to the original location. For some reason, I thought it was still the ICA. My bad. I missed a morning daily dinner there, and I assumed it was at the ICA, but I guess it was not. Yeah, to, to the best huh. of my knowledge, I mean, you're on the ground. I could be wrong, but from what I understand from yeah. uh, uh, from Margot, that that space is closed. It was a great thing because it's kind of a schlep to go to the original Rochelle Canteen, which was, the, was for my money, mm-hmm. one of the best lunch spots in London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, any notable people? Mm. I, I can kind of guess who was at that dinner uh, in the Gladstone Forty Seven Canal slash. I mean, yeah, I, freeze I was at a great table. Line. Was it a seated you know, dinner? Because I definitely let them know I wasn't dinner. coming at the last minute, so I've been feeling a little guilty. About I think they that. gave you my seat, dude. <laughs> I think they just gave you my seat. <laughs> yeah, you mean vice yeah. versa? Gave you my seat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what, that's what I said. Uh, but um, no, it was a great. You know, Matthew Higgs was there. Uh, Maya Hoffman, great friend of the pod, Maya. Um, you know, we, 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 Lincoln did you connect? Bill. Did you link and build? Yeah. Um, that's what I love to hear. I, yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of linking and building going on. Did you ask her if she um, wanted to be a guest know, at some point in the future? Cause I'd love to have Maya Hoffman. Uh, one of the great, um, well, maybe the greatest, one of the great kind of avant-garde collectors of our age. Mm-hmm. There was some podcast conversation, but it was mostly between me and, and, and Gavin Brown, who I, uh, I regret to say does not want to come on. Our podcast. Really? Was, was he, is he not a fan of the pod? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gavin is, is 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 one of my favorite people. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Ouch! Ooh, that hurts me in the soul. But you no. know what? You're gonna do. You can't no, please no, all no. the people was, all the time. I think he was joking. At he, least he's he, listening. He did admit to, at least yes, he's listening. Uh, yes. Yes, I, we, we love, love our, you, we love our haters. We love our haters, and especially mm-hmm. Gavin Brown. Um, so what? What I'm else? Sure you, so, so then you had all day Tuesday before the fair open. So I assumed you were bopping around, uh, checking out all the art exhibitions that were opening or about to open. Mm-hmm. Um, any stands yep. out? I mean, I'm I'm really thirsty that I can get to see the Noah Davis exhibition at the Zverner Gallery Ooh. on. Uh, it uh, is good. It is so good. Oh my god! It was you know one of the one, wonderful things about London is you know the Noah Davis show opened last week. Uh, but I walked in on Tuesday afternoon, random time. Uh, the entire staff of the David Werner Gallery was there, including David, who gave us a little tour. And uh, it was just like a really, really cool thing. Like th- this was just a random ass time. And, you know, it was clear that David really wanted to be present at the gallery for everyone who came in. That's why he's the real deal. You know what I mean? Uh, of, yeah. of all the mm-hmm. mega galleries, he's one of my favorite for that very reason. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, we'll get yeah, but that s- show whipped ass. And uh, was was it's was so uh, did you see my friend? Uh, was Harry Scrigmore uh, uh, there? Lord Scrigmore. Harry was there. Uh, Harry and I uh, linked pretty hard last night at this runner dinner, actually. Um, you know, because Harry's got a big show opening in Paris next week. Uh, Ancard or what? Else? What is it? Harold Ancard. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the man oh, who yeah. brought who brought who used to used to work with clearing and uh, and kind of brought Ancard into the mm-hmm. fold. Or so it seems from the outside anyway. He's never said that outright, yep. but that's a uh, mm-hmm. read between the lines. Um, and I've got you know my my WhatsApp has been a little bit quiet, but I got a couple of images uh, of you. Uh, on two separate occasions with two separate people at uh, our friend, the barman Alessandro's uh, famous Duke's Martini <laughs> Bar. Uh, the first with a uh, former guest on the pod and good, good friend, Locke Kressler. Uh, you guys were linking mm-hmm. and building over a couple of martinis. How'd you take yours? Uh, well, you know what? This is Anyone who knows me knows that this is not my usual move, but I, I got it with a twist. Uh, and it was fantastic. There's so no argument the lemons, about the twist. Uh, it's, a, it's a Capri Lemon. He's not going to let you have anything else. Exactly, exactly. Alessandro would not let me have an olive, and I obviously agree with Alessandro, who's now going to be um, my uh, the godfather of my children and, and my best friend of the world. He is truly the, the, one of the most incredible men alive. Uh, yeah, no, he's special. Uh, he'll probably never be a guest on the pod, but that would be a dream, right? <laughs> if the if the Long Gone guys Alessandro can have Ian Schrager, I think we can have Alessandro. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ian does not have someone like Alessandro pouring drinks at whatever. No, fucking, that's a different level know, of taste like, and class. Like Marriott Hotel. He, Listen, it's a different he, level he of taste out. and class and sophistication. You know, that's a that's a difference in the brands, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Um, and yeah. uh, and then uh, <laughs> so you went to this Warner dinner. Obviously, was that last night? You said. Um, what did you do? But what did you, you do Tuesday night? Where there, there was a bunch of gallery dinners that I RSVP'd yes to and then no to. Oh, I went to the wonderful dinner hosted by a uh, friend of the pod, Pilar. For- Oh, of uh, course, fun, of course. Really, really fun. Um, stuffed with a bunch of her artists, uh, and that was great. Uh, yeah, her, really her, nice her program crew. in the past five years, I feel like, has really popped off in a way. Um, always mm-hmm. had a strong program, but I guess maybe I just wasn't paying attention in the right places. But, you know, they kind of brought on some great representational painters, uh, people like Christina Quarles, uh, folks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Shabba Shaba. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's like, hey, mm-hmm. was she there? She's one of the most fun people to sit next to at a dinner. Shabba doesn't seem to be. I don't think she's in London right now, which is a bummer. Wanted to hang out there. Um, so I bet you that was good. Where, where'd, they have din- where'd they have dinner for the gallery? Um, it was... Uh... Oh man, it's the, the, the restaurant right next to the really, really, really old pub um, that I'm playing. In That's the all of right London, now. bro. <laughs> I know. No, but this is like from the 1200s. Uh, you know, I, I can't. Whatever. It, you know, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, you probably mm-hmm. had a couple of those Duke's martinis coursing through the veins. Did you have one or two martinis that first time, that first go around? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get to the main. Some things. Some things are sacred. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you didn't have more than three because that's when they cut you off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not not you. I mean everyone. Uh, although you especially. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I guess we should get to the main event. There was an art fair that opened yesterday that I didn't attend. There's an art fair. What was mm-hmm. what was what wow. was the vibe? Uh, did you start with masters or freeze? I started with freeze. Spent most of the day there. Basically, all of the day there. That's sort of what the focus of my story is. Uh, I mean, of course, there's there's arguably more expensive, more important shit at Masters sometimes. But the return of freeze London is really just sort of the focus of, of what I'm writing about. You know, yeah, of especially course, after of course. two long years. Um, there was there were a lot of highlights. The mood was 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 truly something to behold. Could you call I, it ebullient? Ubulent? 
I, I think that's an inappropriate word to, to describe it. Yes. You know, it's, it's rare that a fair can just like bottle a good energy that makes like everyone feel like, uh, you know, if not like elated, at least like, you know, not bored, not angry, not pissed off. Like you are most well, art fairs. I, I've always, and yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I and, mean, and, I've always felt that real quickly uh, that there's something about the architecture of the tent and people shit on the tent yeah. a lot, but there's something about the way that it allows like a kind of ambient light in, even on a rainy day in London, that kind of like, it's it's much more healthy for the soul, uh, I would say. Uh, I totally than, agree. Than, than all artificial lighting. Anyway, mm, continue, continue. I wasn't the pod. there. Cool pot. Cool pot designed that incredible tent. So shout out to Cool Pot. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there were, there were a lot of highlights. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, a number of solo booths by by um, you know artists of, of my generation that I think are are, are really getting their due, but critically market wise, which is exciting for me. These are you know you know friends and and you know just like yeah members of my generation, so that's cool. I mean, I was bummed um, not to be there for know. Lucy Bull's uh, uh, yeah uh, solo that's booth with exactly the Kordansky guy. To. But I hear neither uh, David well, nor Mike Homer made it over either, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I shouldn't I feel so bad. Nor deny that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah. Look, like Mike and Dave are going to miss a hell of a boat party tonight. You know, I know, I know. That was an invitation really that was hard to say no to. Oh, yeah. but I thought it was interesting. So, now, was, it, was, the, was the Kordansky Gallery proximate to the Gagosian Gallery booth? It was right next to the. Gagosian well, that's interesting booth. to and, me because I know that Gagosian yeah. had kind of a, a half a generation senior artist that's really uh, also shows with David Kordansky, Jennifer Guidi, another female abstract mm-hmm. painter from Los Angeles, and uh, yep. I just thought that was kind of an interesting vibe. These two kind of, and I'm sure they know of each other, know each other. My guess is they're friendly, but I've oh no yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, but that I, must have been quite a counterpoint. And I bet you that was where a lot of energy yeah. in the first uh, first probably forty five minutes to an hour and a half of the fair were focused in that little zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where you walk in first. You walk in, you see Gaussian immediately on your left, and then right to left, that is, is Kordansky. And so you had those two booths, sort of the energy feeding off each other. And then right around the corner, another artist of that generation, very different artist, but Issy Wood had a solo booth at uh, Carlos Ishikawa that was just fabulous. Another Fantastic. solo booth? Didn't she just have basically a solo booth uh-huh. in Basel with Carlos Ishikawa? No, she just had that, that one big piece, I think. No, there were a couple um, pictures you know, up. Maybe there's a few, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's a full solo booth and it's fantastic. Uh, looking forward to celebrating with Izzy. Tomorrow. Well, I, li- I like the female and, power uh, of all three of those uh, highly desirable, I know. uh, highly sought after, I guess I should say, artists. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that 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 was really just like you know, three big highlights right there. And then, of course, you know, you had a lot of great work at, at, at some of the, the power booths right around there. Shady Coles had. Uh, some really great Alex DeCorta um, works, and there was another Alex DeCorta Neon. And they did a couple of nice Sarah Lucases, I believe, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Um, it's kind of like I was there without there. having been there. <laughs> it's so funny. I can kind of walk myself around <laughs> in my head based on the PDFs I saw. Although I there, are, there are always surprises. It's, all, it's always worth walking around. And so the vibe was good. Yeah. It seems like based on the little bit of press reporting I read that there was uh, significantly more American collectors, not just advisors, on the ground at Freeze. Did it, uh, at Freeze. Did it feel that way? or? Yeah, it, it did. I mean, like, you know, it, when you see like Steve Cohen and, and Jimmy Iovine and De La Cruz is like, just like all sort of like their present, uh, you know, uh, at the opening of the fair, like that's, that just wasn't happening in Basel, you know, um, you just really didn't have any American collectors really. So just the, the fact that, that you had a few real power collectors from the States come over, was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Stephen Cohen rolls up, I mean, that makes it a fair, you know? 
Was, I know. Was, well, was, was he walking around solo, had, or who was like? What was his? What was his posse like? He was hanging out with his daughter, with Sophie, who's, who's a director at the Gugosi Gallery, that's, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, no, I mean, that's sweet. I love that they have that in common. I hope that someday oh, my, yeah. my daughter mm-hmm. and me can walk around an art fair. That would be pretty, yeah. pretty cool. I don't think I'll have the firepower mm-hmm. purchase wise as, as Steve. I think those. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. But uh, I think we can have a good time nonetheless. Um, and did did mm-hmm. you make the beautiful? I mean, one of my favorite things of freeze. I always have to go to the actual the, the freeze fair first, and then sometime after lunch, take a really beautiful wander through Regent Park over to Freeze Masters to see the real art. Um, did you did you, were you able yeah. to do that yesterday? You know what? I, I, I wasn't able to get to Freeze Masters. I was really slammed at, at, at Freeze London, but I'm planning on going back tomorrow, which is why I still have my annoying wristband thing on. So that's don't your, worry. That's your COVID, your COVID clear wristband? Uh, yeah, exactly. So Victoria or whoever does Masters, if you're listening, I'm going. Don't worry. Well, I just, I mean, there's, obviously there's always great post-war work, paintings, things of that nature. I know. It's a fabulous fair. What I'm missing is like the illustrated manuscripts and the antiquities dealers and like that stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's something so freeing about shit that I know nothing about and not am expected to know anything about to go and look at it, maybe ask a question or two of the real experts. And like, I think that's always a beautiful moment. But often, for me, it's often mm-hmm. very, very, very late in the day because it's obviously not a focus of, of the business. Uh-huh. Of the business. And, uh, um, yeah, so... So it sounds like a good tonight. thing. I mean, I, 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 I'm missing out, but I guess I'm really not. As, uh, as someone replied to me on Twitter, the, the great publicist, Andrea Swan, uh, even thoroughbreds sit out a race now and again. Uh, and that's how I'm feeling. Always, uh, always correct. I know. So right before we leave, I want, I want to talk about one last thing. Oh, which I, is I, the fact I, I, I got some more questions for you, buddy. Don't think you're, don't oh, think you're oh, over shit. this yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, shit. But, uh, but if you have something, go for it. What, what, what were you going to mention? Gonna mention the fact that I am going to a real live auction tonight, like in person, like, like in pe- person. people with paddles raising their hands. Fuck yeah! Uh, what's tonight? It's is tonight happening. is tonight Phillips? Just ki- just kidding. They, they never have the cojones to go first. <laughs> it's Sotheby's, and that means we get to see someone spend a fuckload of money on an Avery Singer and Salmon Tour. And then we have this uh, this Banksy nonsense that we have to deal with again. Oh, for Christ's sake. But, you know, the Banksy market seems like it's falling apart based on recent recent results. So let's see if anyone wants the picture now that it's shredded. So this is the picture that, I don't know, was it four or five years ago or not even that? Uh, it was sold and... Uh, it, it Just was three years ago, three my years friend. Ago. Wow, Just Feel, three. feels like a lifetime ago. It was sold. It was in a frame. It was sold, and the minute, uh, in the moments after the hammer went down, it turns out the frame was actually a shredder. So about half the painting kind of slipped down through the frame and was shredded live in the sales room. There's been a lot of chatter that it was consigned directly by the artist, and that the auction house was very much in on this and had informed yeah. uh, potential bidders about it. Um, it's the kind of shenanigans I hate to see. It's one step above an NFT as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm sorry, Branchek and, and all you big Banksy guys. Like, I know you have a real passion for it. It's a, it's a particularly British taste, I feel like. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the prevailing theory is that it wasn't just Banksy. It wasn't Banksy who was uh, consigning it, but his like press uh, spokesperson who he gave it to uh, around the time. It doesn't seem shady um, at all. No, it, it seems, yeah, it seems incredibly shady. Um, but now they're shredding, they're, they're, they're selling the shredded version. Well, well, the, yeah, do you think the be... rest of it will go down through the shredder once the hammer comes down? Or, 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 or will he manage to somehow turn back time and uh, it'll go back through and, and stitch itself shredded. together? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it, I don't know what could be worse if, like, if it's just like nothing happens and it literally doesn't sell and like it's just like a big egg inside of his face 
or it's like some like crazy like like shenanigans that happen. They will like make they sure. They, well. Listen, from my mouth to go, from my mouth to God's ears, they will make sure that that picture sells. Don't you worry about it. Uh, the Avery Singer will do yeah. really well. If you if you miss out on that Avery Singer, and I'm not going to subscribe to the database of underbidders, but if you don't win it, there is a great <laughs> Avery Singer coming up in the two by two auction in Dallas a week from this coming Saturday. There we go. Keep, so you know, go look on. on keep Google, on, on. Just Google Google out. two Come by on. two Avery Singer DMA. Whatever you need to do, Rachowski House. I don't know. You can find it, and uh, it's a really great work. I'm not trying to make too much competition for myself. But it is for charity, so a higher price is uh, not just good for whatever greedy person who is consigning it, as in the case of the painting tonight, but is good for the world. Um, uh, I are, agree. Are you staying for all the auctions? Um, I I have to file the column um by like early tomorrow, so I'm not going to write about Phillips and, and Christie's, but I'm planning on going just like to just check it out. Listen, I miss it. I, I, I miss week. I miss the titter, the energy, much like the energy as just before you enter the the fair on the first day in the line. I miss the the energy and the the hubbub before an auction. I can't wait for them to go down next month here in New York. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Listen, I love it. I'm I love really the game. I fucking it. love the game. Can't deny. It. No matter what's going on in my mm-hmm. life, I love it and miss the game. I did want to ask real yeah. briefly if it, any any further London things, any updates, uh, anything you want to report before I before I move on uh, back closer yeah, to home. I mean, I think so you are we've intre- covered it all. Our intrepid co-host uh, Nate and uh, obviously columnist for Vanity Fair, our columnist. You hosted a party last Friday evening here in Nueva York, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about this on the pod. Yeah. Where where, where was this party? I mean, I got the invite. I wasn't going to be in town, so I had an RSVP, and then decided I wasn't going out for a little bit, so I wasn't going to go. Where was it? What was it? Who? Who? What? Where? Why? How? So, uh, this this really cool new venue called Chapel Bar that is, I think, not even officially open to the public yet. Sounds Um, like sounds like a name uh, from the '90s that served Cosmos, but continue. That was Temple Bar. I'm thinking of Temple Bar. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But um. You know, I've been talking to them since actually August about like maybe hosting a little uh, cocktail party or event there, and and no time really ever worked out until last Friday. And uh, basically, you know, I don't really have time to plan parties or like barely even go to just random parties at this point. But um, you know, uh, I, I worked with them. <laughs> they 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 put together a little guest list, and I sort of went over and added a few people, and you know, uh, then they sent out the invites. They did everything really. I did nothing except for host, and then. You know, it turned out to be a really, really uh, great crew of people. What's the venue like? Is it like a speakeasy vibe, like a club? What's the what's, what's the vibe? So it, it it's really like an old church. It's in an old church, and that's what it looks like. It's it's like uh, it's a very '90s vibe in a good way, or like maybe even like mid 2000s Listen, if the like, espr- if the espresso like a, martini's back, that kind of vibe maybe needs to be back. I know it's kind of like a you know. It's a bar that you would see like Pharrell DJing at in 2004 while like Paris Hilton like gets bottle service. Like that Let's fucking go. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My childhood, <laughs> exactly. my early years. Yeah. Some of the stars of the OC are there. It's like, you know, like it's all you could ever want. Um, that shows due for a reboot, by the way. Um, so I, I, I read some uh, some party coverage by a columnist that is not you of your party, and I noted that among the bold faced names in attendance were one Larry Gagosian, uh, with Anna Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, Larry yeah, showed Larry up to a Nate by. Freeman party. That's blowing my mind, dude. Especially because, from what I understand, you haven't re- you've been a little bit persona non grata at Gagosian branded events over the past couple of years. I don't think persona non grata is is really accurate. I mean, you know, there's there's no beef, uh, you know, between me and, and the Great Gallery. I think that you know they're very exclusive uh, uh, events that they host sometimes that I don't get every invite to. 
Definitely uh, not but, when you're an you ArtNet columnist. Right, right. But, you know, Larry and I linked at the party. We had a nice chat. And, you know, um, I was really glad to, to see him. And he looked great. You know, Listen, so two greats of two stuff. different generations getting together, linking it up. You love to see it, and hopefully, you'll be. Uh, we'll see you at the Oscars party uh, in February uh, at Mr. Chow's. They push the Oscars back to March, but yes, I will be. There. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, the kind of the kind of thing an intrepid Vanity Fair reporter knows that I certainly do not. Uh, speaking of which, I did go see the three-hour Bond film, uh, which is the kind of thing I do these days. Is like go to movies on a on a Friday evening or whenever that was Saturday evening. Um, mm-hmm. It's really long. Uh, I would save it for really a flight long. to I Asia. Maybe a flight to Asia would be the right venue for that particular piece of cinema, I'm thinking. Yeah, it was like, honestly, as long as like Lawrence to Arabia. It was pretty good. Went with, um, a, went, went, went with, went with uh, a former co-host and guest of the pod, Mills Moran. And uh, just after we wrap up here, we're going to tune into a conversation between myself, Mills, and his artist, Con Trubkovich, who currently has a show up at the Gagosian Gallery, Gallery on Park Avenue. Look at that! So we're going to talk a little bit about their history together Synergy. as gallerist and artist, and, and a little bit of Con's history uh, and his work today. So stay tuned for that coming up right after this. And with that, I'll talk to you later, Nate. Good luck over there. See you, dude. We'll see, the, col- we'll see, the, col- we'll see the column out on Friday. So stay tuned. Mills yep. Moran and Kontropkovich right after this. Welcome back to Note Bene. Here I am with two very good friends, our interim co-host while Nate is gallivanting around Europe, one Mr. Mills Moran, and uh, we're joined by uh, our mutual friend and an artist on the roster of Mills' gallery, Con Trubkovich, and uh, I'm thrilled to have these guys here. We decided it would be interesting to have a gallerist interview one of his artists uh, a little bit, you know, not something the Times would do or NPR, but, you know, it's just fucking Nota Bene, so it's all it's good, man. highly irregular, and we're going to see if we can pull it off. Yeah. Um, all right, Mills. What, what do you get to say, man? What's going on? What, well, why do you want to have Colin here? Don't you talk to this fucker enough? I do. I see him every day now, which is interesting. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we should preface this a little bit and kind of give us a, our little backstory. Um, uh, Con was in our first ever group show in 2008. And um, our first ever, it ain't fair, in Miami in that large warehouse. Uh, you had two of those license plate paintings. Um, and then we sort of did some studio visits around the turn of the decade, uh, and then we started represent, representing Khan in 2012, 2013, and um, have had two, no, three, or four, three or four solo shows during that time. Um, <clears throat> along the way, through those years, um, not only did I admire and respect and, and sort of love Khan as an artist, and you know, we became closer and closer as friends over the years, and um, to the point where I consider him and his wife, Alex, some of my dearest friends. Um, you better. Yeah, no, I do. Um, you know, when I've been down, they've they've pulled me up and vice versa. So this to me is a very special uh, interview and it's a very special pod. And one of the things I've always admired about you, Con, <clears throat> the way you came at the art world as a self-taught artist, and I know that wasn't 100% by choice, um, but you, you know, I think for listeners out there that um, are maybe wondering how they can get into the art world without having a Yale MFA or going to Cooper Union or... Or, or having really rich parents. Or having really rich parents. Best um, I think your story is incredibly powerful and it's something that um, could really help somebody out there that, that's looking to figure out you know, how they can get their art shown. Um, but you as a self-taught artist and how you've made it into this world and, and where you are now is something I'd love to just get your, pick your brain on a little bit. Uh, thanks, Mills, and thanks, Ben. And uh, welcome, welcome to the yeah, Pod Lab, this bro. Is cool. This is uh, my first pod, actually. You've got you get the voice for it, smooth <laughs> yeah. as silk. He does baby. not have a face for radio. <laughs> nope. No, we no, get th- no. we get three faces for radio right here. <laughs> yes, the binding factor. Um, 
thanks for that introduction, Mills. I do consider you one of my best friends besides being a dealer. We're also, you know, at this point, kind of family. And I think that that's, you hear these stories often in the art world uh, with these kind of epic relationships between artists and their dealers and kind of wait till that happens to you. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, that actually has happened to me. That's kind of a wonderful thing. So I'll just... Uh, leave it at that and saying like hey uh this is pretty special for me to talk to you about um our relationship and how we've kind of managed to get to this point and, and uh what it took and uh so yeah um let's 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 get into it yeah let's get in. so as mills was asking you did not as far as i know go to art school did you i did for one semester and then i dropped out and i um at the time which is you was know, that undergraduate or graduate school? Undergraduate. I never even got the sniff of graduate. Yeah, school. so you didn't go to art school, bro. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> nope. well, no, no. Mean, but you know, I come from a. Um, it's it's not so black and white. I mean, I come from a family that um, my grandfather was an artist. His great uncle was an artist. My dad, you know, I had a lot of exposure growing up to art and art making, which I think was even more important. Like my, I was able to see my grandfather work. He was a children's book illustrator in in, in Russia and Soviet Union, and so you. Which get was this, one of the only safe ways to be an artist, as I recall, right? It's one of the ways you could make a commission as an artist, which was really bizarre, weird loophole. The there were it was one of the few professions where you made commission for your work, which is a good job, and will and why a lot of the Russian like nonconformist sort of uh, artists were children's book illustrators on as like their official profession. But to see people work daily in making art is such a like insight into this practice uh, because a lot of people don't fully understand the daily practice of art. And I think that that kind of gave me some idea of what it means to be an artist. But yeah, like I was in New York in the the late 90s and um, graduated high school. I wanted to go to Cooper Union. I didn't get into Cooper Union. I got into RISD, did not choose to go because I think I was just kind of arrogant in my own head thinking i'm just going to get into cooper i, I want to go to a free school i don't want to pay and you kept applying if I recall. and i kept I applied like three times and got rejected three times and um in the meantime i said i'm just going to go to pratt for so i went to pratt not to belittle pratt at all at the time the art school there wasn't really up to par and it was really more of like a design and, and, and industrial design school and so I found it kind of not um, challenging, and I, and I left, and I left uh, college, and I kind of thought I'm going to keep applying to Cooper, which never ended up f- coming to fruition. And so there I was kind of floating through this undefined territory. I was making club flyers, I, went, I was in, like, in the nightlife world, and then, um, and then at some point some of my friends began to graduate grad school few years later and I found myself really kind of a, a, unable to even continue a conversation with them about art because they started to know so much more about me and that's when I got serious about self-educating and reading and trying to understand the contemporary discourse and that's when things got serious for me I mean how does one go about self-educating oneself I mean well I literally because I've had studio visits with you back in the day yeah. and like you were as literate and as knowledgeable as about kind of theory as anyone else I'd, I'd I incur- literally asked them for their syllabus 
and read their books. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Like, what, what sort of people, if you don't mind saying, like, who, who are you reaching out to to ask for their syllabi? It wasn't artists. It was, uh, like, I had a friend um, in, in Colombia um, who was doing, uh, a li- had a literary degree. I had another friend who was, uh, uh, had a philosophy degree. So, and then I think once you start looking through those threads and connecting them to art books and then, you know, you discover Clement Greenberg, you discover David um, um, uh, David Hickey, you discover all of these kind of foundational people that wrote about art and, uh, you know, discover artists' books that write, you know, like Frank Stella, one of my favorite books about art is Frank Stella's Working Space. And then, you, and then through that language, you start saying, like, what the hell are they talking about here? What are they talking about there? And then... You know, it's it's, it's like a uh, you follow the breadcrumbs. And how many years was that before you had your first show, or is that because? Uh, well, it was all at the same time. Well, because I think of your <laughs> I think of your first show, and I'm not sure there might be one earlier. But I didn't look at the CV. Is it a show at Rivington Arms at Mirabelle? Uh, at, no? no, 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 no. Museum Fifty Two. Oh, shit. Yeah. 52, yeah. Right. <laughs> we're gonna edit. We're gonna edit that <laughs> I'm one out. Date myself. So I, I, <laughs> I never had a solo show in there. Mel. So uh, I don't know. I thought that. So I remember your first show being with Museum Fifty Two yeah. here in New York. <laughs> um, when was that? What year? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. No, but it was in New York. It was in London. Oh, it was in London. It was, was the before show? there was in New so York. So I didn't gallery. see that. Okay. You didn't see that. And then what happened was at right around that time, I was twenty five years old. So okay, just the kind of timeline here. I graduate high school, 97, I, I mess around for a few years. By the time I'm 22, I start getting serious. And then for those three years, I work, 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 and read, 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 and, you know, kind of obsessively try to catch up. And then at 25, I met a guy named Neville Wakefield through uh, someone called Alana Gabin. Um, and um, she helped a lot of people like that, but so she put me in touch with Neville, and Neville... Um, Gave me a show at PS1. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that show. First, very, cl- very clearly. Show, institutional show before I even had really a gallery. It was mostly or entirely video. No, right? it, was no? A, it, was a fo- it was graphite works and the video. And the vid- I mean, the yeah, video yeah, yeah. sticks out in my yeah. mind, kind of one of your early Prisoner yeah, series. That's right. Yeah, um, that's right. It was like pretty incredible in that kind of little project space room that's right, uh, yeah. at PS1. I think that's, that's right. when I first met you kind of just after that. Yeah. Because I reached out for a studio visit and then went, that's I right. think it was on Crosby Street you had that's a studio. Right. That's uh, right. Five Crosby up, Street. Yeah, like even smaller than this office we're in now, I would I would bet. Yeah. And those people, that's right, they were the graphite works. I remember yeah, yeah. Uh, you and your buddy working on this. And so, you know, this kind of theme of failing forward <laughs> has been prevalent also. And I, I believe in that. Like, I think failure is such an integral part of growth for um, any kind of practice that demands um, constant exploration. Well, I mean, so the you know, just thinking about practice and about, you know, being self-taught. So obviously the theory stuff you can teach on your own, you go to a syllabus, you can read, you can look, you can go to fucking in New York, you can go to museums and galleries, you know, talk to people. But you have like a real studio-centered practice. Um, And and I feel like that's something you can't really learn. I've I've kind of, I think graduate school can be a waste of time and money, but there is something about learning that daily practice of going to the studio, you know, managing it, um, you know, archiving, like all this kind of unsexy stuff in a way. How did you get into that rhythm? Like, how did you you teach yourself? Do you think that discipline comes from your family, from your upbringing? No, no. Honestly, I learned it. It was a learned uh, um, skill. Like, I 
I remember, in fact, uh, meeting some of my contemporaries at the time were like uh, Dan Colin and Nate Lohman and like some of the people I met in the art world early on through Neville. And they had a very um, developed studio practice at the time already. I mean, this is before even they were picked up by major galleries, you know. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, my God, I don't know shit about how to run a studio, how to manage uh, any of the stuff. Yeah, like I was just making watercolors in a, in a table in a corner of my studio uh, or my apartment. But over time, you learn how to do it. I mean, by hook or by crook, it kind of the demands grow of yourself. And with it grows the the ecosphere that grows kind of yeah, around it. It's your know? personal growth yeah, with yeah, your professional yeah, growth. Yeah. yeah, I feel like something that doesn't get spoken or, or written or, or, or talked about enough with that specific uh, cohort of artists, because uh, a lot of it gets written about them as personalities when they first got started out, is that they were all real serious studio practitioners. Especially Dan. I mean, he was yeah. like born that way, yeah. So, which was kind of crazy, which was at the time I remember being really inspirational to just go walk into this guy's studio and he was like, had everything like laid out and you know this area is this and this area is that and you're like hey man i don't know wait how did you come up with all this <laughs> we were kids i mean i was 25 years old so so when you got your break at, um, yeah. at ps1 which you know everybody needs a break in life everybody needs to get lucky how did your life change what did you what did you experience what did you go through what were some of the feelings um <clears throat> that how did how did everything change for you? well everything changed because it's like any one of those things where you are always on the outside looking in and all of a sudden you kind of walk through the, that initial door and you're like in the sanctum and you don't, you know, uh, you don't realize at first that that's just the, like the passageway to the next door. So the, that initial thing was incredible, you know, just to be amongst artists, to be amongst curators, to be among in, in, in that institution. I've got, I met Alana Heiss. And one of the evening things they did and just being in her apartment with like, you know, like Elle Held drawings and like, you know, amazing works of art. And you're just like, wow, like I'm in the, and you're, you know, I was really young. So I was like, just incredibly inspired by all of it. Yeah. Like, and, and probably just soaking it all up kind of sponge like, like for time, sure. Yeah. And you became close at some point uh, or somewhat close acquainted with Clarissa Dalrymple uh, around yeah. this time as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, well, she was like, her and Neville were like, um, cohorts you know they they in in a lot of ways they were worked together you know uh, with young artists and clarissa is like an incredibly i mean she's just this incredible diane of like that of for me at least i remember looking to her and just asking her constantly for advice and what to do yeah you know? she's someone that always stood out in new york and not to I say mean, that she would give me advice she could yeah, scold yeah. me actually right. yeah <laughs> but like, e- even as a young curator yeah, like yeah. clarissa was someone that i looked up to and looked yeah, to if not for advice but just for guidance see what yeah. they're looking at and how they're looking she's amazing she, to be around yeah and had such a, a great history you know yeah. working with klaus curtis and his early gallery yeah. and was like kind of here for several generations yeah. of emerging you, artists you could soak up so much gladstone as well i mean she had such a yeah of course i believe she brought barney to yeah barney gladstone and and a number of artists got she was kind of a a truffle hunter par excellence yeah um and you know for me to have that kind of those kind of people early on in my career was really foundational because i i mean i'll be honest with you like not having had that sort of crew around you know this is a lot of times what happens in grad school is that you have a crew you have a like a scaffolding a support network around you and i didn't really have that i, I was 
very much felt um, alone. And I think that's the hardest thing to be self-taught is not to read the books. I mean, honestly, I don't even know if any of that stuff was really even that useful in the end. I mean, of course it was in the, in the, in the sense that it developed me and I was growing and, and know about knowing things. But like the thing that was really missing that was having people around that I could bounce ideas off that kind of, that, um, sphere of people around you. And so I, I was, that was really missing for me. And I was kind of lacking that in my early years and was very insecure about that. And so to have people like um, Neville or Clarissa in those early days was really important. Yeah. yeah. And then kind of how did things develop after that, like professionally and otherwise? Like, so you, you have this show at, at PS1, you start showing more commercially. Uh, yeah. No, Marion Mary Boski picked me up. I started working with her and it was like, you know, it, it was peaks and valleys. Like, it just wasn't all easy ever you know there was um my first show got kind of blasted by roberta smith um yeah you held on to that really for a long time <laughs> is that still up on the studio wall maybe no no it's, come on it's guys better than his heart. come on guys this is too don't tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> no one listens. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Everyone should read their review. No, but, you know, I got a, I got a shitty review. I kind of got depressed. I did, you know, I took... Uh, but I was always the kind of person, I think, that used that also as a kind of propellant. Um, so each time that would, like... And that happened many times in my career where I was like... It felt like I was in and out, in and out, cast out, let in, like, cast God, out, like let in. You know these these like coasters. strange like waves of art world acceptance and art world, you know, complete rejection. And I was, and, you know, I got, you, once I got used to that, it sort of became a nice rhythm. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's one way to look at it. But I mean, I mean it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not I being facetious. I, I really mean that. it. I mean, that was like a, you know, once you get understand that this is how it is, yeah. it became kind of easier to make art to like believe to not think about it as a as a constant test. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw you go through that. I mean, and we went through it together. And and I think every time it got a little bit more mellow. Yeah. The, the, there's a first an initial shock. The first one and, and then there's like yeah. a little bit less, and it's a little bit less, and then you just had to have faith in your work, which I know I know you did. I know we did. Um, and you you push forward. I, it was really important to me at the time that we did our first show, the the one in 2011. It was exactly at that moment that I felt like again, like I was. I had felt very much alone and 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 sort of estranged from my gallery and 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 the um and the art world as a whole and the, the Alan Mills kind of gave me that um that confidence to to do that show and I think that that really set my work up for the next almost 10 years you know so again like the role of the dealer so sometimes understated but that becomes such an important part and well can, can i take it back just like yeah. a quick minute um to how did you guys first meet um or first like meet not just socially but kind of what was your first studio visits or the, the kind of what was the process behind that from was, both of your perspectives i think nikki vassal put uh curated that first show no? it was the one in yeah but i didn't meet you back then no, we, we had the work other, in yeah. the 2008 but yeah. i think somebody sent an email and and i think I don't know whose idea it was, but it's like, can we do a studio visit? And I think, I forgot who did the connection. But I, I don't remember. remember. Honestly, I don't remember. I remember clearly our yeah. first studio you visit. And it was the old studio, yeah. the one yeah. in the, the Brooklyn Navy Yards. That's right, yeah. Um, and I think about half the visit, you were showing me videos 
<laughs> you show me your videos <laughs> behind right. the behind the desk that you had when you walked yes, into the yes, right, yes, and yes. The, you had the Bruce Nauman. That's right. The Bruce Nauman picture, picture on the wall, <laughs> which yeah. you just made the painting for. Yeah. Um, I remember that pretty vividly. You didn't have a ton of assistance back then. No. And then you went through a phase of heavy assistance. No. Um, so yeah. there was there was like paintings in progress, but we we spent a lot of time on the video. I remember that pretty clearly, and I think that impressed you. That I was impressed in, on that part of your practice. I, yeah, and I mean, I also remember just the kind of this this unquestioning sort of belief that like, hey, like we're going to give this guy a show uh, and then we're going to believe in our decision and go with it. And I, and I think that that resonated with me. And I was like, well, all right, and I'm going to make really good paintings now, you know. Yeah, I think that gives somebody confidence. Yeah. And w- was the first show in Los Angeles that yep. you did? Yep. In, That's right. in yeah. 2011? Yeah. 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 So 10 years, man. And I know. Like a decade. And it was a... F- Blow this is, this is a ten year. This is a ten year anniversary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hook. That's why we're doing it. But the, the, the show blew minds, and the show did incredibly well. I don't think we had an unsold painting left from that show. But so it's one thing to, to you know to meet an artist, go to the studio, like the practice. The artist likes that the the potential deal engages. You guys do a show; it's commercially successful. But you guys have built a real friendship, both intertwined with that and outside. Kind of how did how did that process well, begin th- to build? I think that actually, and I'm going to just interject it wasn't we've we've had sold out shows and unsold shows and each time the our our relationship never wavered through it and i think that that's not always been my experience in the art world and so i think that uh that was the kind of cement it did grow out of that of this like me feeling like hey this dude has got my back you know and then and then i think the friendship grows around that it's like a like a, a coral reef, you know what I mean? And everything sort of like feeds off. Yeah, of there's a mutual respect, but yeah, then yeah. it's like, do you want to spend time with this person or not? Yeah. <clears throat> I also think another thing Connor and I have in common is um, we're both immigrants. We were not born in this country. Um, so I think we looked at this world, at this country in a different way than most people. Um, and I think we could always kind of share some of those ideas. I mean, it's two different sides of the world, but um, you're looking at two people that probably would have been friends without I, without being business partners. Also, since this is kind of what we're talking about, like we're both kind of dilettantish in this sense. Like we're like, neither one of us come out of like some rigorous, you know, grad program. Like we, we were, we're both kind of outsiders in the best sense of that word and i think that i you know i take that 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 kind of label of of myself feeling somewhat out outside of um the art world now is a as a badge of honor or kind of strength that i have yeah when you get to this point it's a, yeah. it's a strength yeah <laughs> um do you guys have a show coming up together no but we should talk about con's current show well, I was going to do that, but I wanted to, you know. <laughs> we do. We're going to do a show in Mexico City yeah. next year. We're going to do a show hopefully soon, yeah, in, in, in Mexico City, oh, which Mexico is this amazing City. gallery these yeah. guys are open. Have, so you, have you seen it in person? Con was yeah. out for yeah. the first show. He, was, yeah. he wouldn't have missed that for the Unlike world. some fucking people that missed it. Dude, it's, a, it's, you a, it's, it. it's crazy, crazy space. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, next time I go to Mexico, it's going to be a little different from the past. <laughs> we can still go to Conchamar. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. I've already pictured myself there. Uh, <laughs> just not for six hours. <laughs> Listen, I can do six hours of Conchamar. I'm just going to be eating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Khan, we we were both Mills and I were at dinner for your show that is still up at uh, Larry Gagosian's space on Park Avenue. Um, what was that process like in in comparison to, to working with Mills? It was They if they're gonna show somebody, they're gonna do it the right way. That's been my experience with this gallery. It's been everything's been kind of like what you think it should be. Like. Even the process had high high moments and low moments. And like any process, like any process yeah, man. Yeah. Like, but it, but but me, I mean, there was a pandemic. 
pandemic in the middle of it. And there was a pandemic in the middle of it, man. Which was, in a sense, uh, for the work, I got got six months of undisturbed studio time, which played into the process. I mean, like, that was, you know, obviously, I've spoken to a lot of painters who felt the same way, like through all the tragedy and through all the madness of that year, there was that thing, the going to the studio and having that space and just having no distractions was really productive. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that across a number of, yeah. of various artists at different yeah. points in their career. You notice that? I mean, this is way off piece, but I mean, I went to go see a Julian Lethbridge show yeah. at Paula Cooper has up, and he's someone I've always admired. It's nice work, you know, it's yeah. very pretty. And you and he's an older guy, yeah. and you saw this work, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! Because mm-hmm. he was locked up for almost two years, with, unable to speak to anyone, just in the studio, rethinking what his painting People practice could got be. Deep in their studios, was, <laughs> you, should go, you should go see the show if you I haven't will. seen it. It's I like will. actually yeah. incredible. I know yeah. it's like not a name that often comes up in our no, conversations. No, I like that work. Yeah. yeah, it's really really good. Um, when yeah. does the show come down? So the the uptown show yep. is uh, it's October twenty third is the last day. So and then. Um, you know, again, like just working with that gallery and like just working at that level after all of these years just feels again like a a strange like bookend, you know, to, to, to so many different things in the art world, like and just moving through it in this way which feels so idiosyncratic. Like you know, I don't know. It, it, it there's a there's a sense that this is um how it was going to always be, but that's not how it felt sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you consider a bookend to like this 10-year run? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I see it's that. the beginning of a new thing. I see sure. that. Yeah, yeah no. It's like, I mean, I think we're all feeling coming out of the pandemic like we all need new things. Yeah. So for you, it's like yeah. a, a nice track to be on. But what I think is great, this is your strongest work. And it came out of this, le- this last three years and this process I know has been yeah. <clears throat> at times difficult, like we said, yeah. but you've... You've come out of it in a major way. And well, I'm a big fan of that space architecturally, especially yeah, just right. the way it reads from the street. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the going by in a taxi. Well, like, they, don't, they don't turn the lights off, so at night you drive by yeah, and it's just it's on. Like it's really so great. Cool. It's a really yeah. great moment. It's a, such a great New York fucking moment, <laughs> it's man. It's Park Avenue. There's nothing else. So you coming just home, because I live up that way, like coming yeah. home a little bit late at night, it's, zipping up with no traffic wonderful. and just see, I'm like, oh, there's Con's paintings. They look fucking great. And it looks like a hopper, you know? It's like lit up. It's the only thing lit up. And you did a good job of not overhanging it. It's like just the right amount of work for the space. Well, luckily, I didn't couldn't, didn't have time to make any more paintings. Oh. <laughs> All right, that, that's it out of, out of me. Did, did I catch everything, Mills? That you wanted to? You guys want yeah, to wrap up? Yeah, I think about? we're good. Yeah. Anything awesome. else you want to talk about? No, no. I mean, I'm here awesome. for at your pleasure. Yeah. Well, and a pleasure it was. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and giving us your time, Con and Mills. Thanks as always for stepping in when uh, when. Uh, when my erstwhile partner Nate is off off having fun, I think uh, I missing it. Mr. Freeman here. I just want to say, uh, always missing Mr. Yeah. Freeman, Saint oh, Freeman. I hope he's having uh, fun. Always good for a cackle. <laughs> All right, you guys. UK. That's it from Nota Bene. We'll Thank check you, you out much. next time. Nota Bene. Out. Ciao.